Hey, before we get started, I wanted to let you know that we love bringing this content to you for free and we want to keep going. Your support helps make that happen. So please go hit that subscribe button today. It really makes a difference. Okay, on to the episode. Hey everyone, before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to give you a warning that this story deals with themes of suicide and depression. If you'd like to avoid hearing that, go ahead and skip to the interview portion of the show at around 3 minutes 35 seconds. And if you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out for help by dialing 988. BJ Ganim can certainly be described as an American hero, and for many reasons. The first is because of his service to the United States. BJ joined the Marine Corps in 1996 and served on active and reserve duty through November of 2004. It was that November when BJ's life changed forever. While driving, his vehicle was struck by an explosive device, and as a result, BJ was severely injured, ultimately needing to have his left foot amputated. In the blink of an eye, the life BJ knew was gone. During that transition of learning how to walk again, you know, going through the multiple different surgeries and trying to find my way, who I was going to be post being this United States Marine infantryman. It goes from being Superman to being Clark Kent. How was I going to be comfortable with just being Clark Kent? When BJ initially left Walter Reed, where he had been recovering, he almost immediately decided to get a dog. More specifically, an English bulldog mix named Dozer. Dozer was BJ's constant companion and helped BJ get through some everyday issues like phantom pains. Out of all the pain, the phantom pains were the worst because you couldn't really grab hold where the pain is, right? I mean, we've all had pain in our life. And the worst sensations was the sensation that my foot was itching and there's nowhere to scratch. But Dozer would always know when that was happening and would just find his way to me, even if he was in another room. He somehow just sensed it and would climb up, lay on my leg, and that was the best medicine. But Dozer also played a bigger role in BJ's life, helping BJ get through some of the most difficult times he'd ever faced. I was really, really close to checking out, to doing what is a crisis within the veteran community of deciding to end my own life by my own hand. I was able, in that moment of desperation, to rationalize everything else away. My kids would be better off without me, friends, family, work. The whole world would be better off without me, except for that dog, that old English bulldog that, you know, had no special talents, no special breeding, other than he could get slobber into places you thought was physically impossible to get slobber into. So I knew in that moment what actually brought me from the edge of oblivion was if I check out, he's going to end up in a shelter. That's not fair. And that's when I decided to stop all this self-pity baloney and get out of this victim mindset. I knew exactly what I was signing up for and figure out a way that no matter which foot, whether it was the carbon fiber and steel foot that the science gave me or the flesh and blood foot that I was born with, I was going to live a life on the good foot. And that realization, that love of that dog helped me change my mindset and set me forth to where I am now. BJ became a veteran's advocate and is now the founder and CEO of Sierra Delta, a wellness platform for all, focusing on achieving wellness through the love of dogs and service to others. After the break, BJ and I will talk about all the work that he's doing with Sierra Delta and what all pet parents can learn from the bond and training process between veterans and their dogs. Stay with us. 
While training my puppy Teddy, I've been using a few kinds of treats. By far, his favorites are blue sizzlers. These bacon-style treats are made with real USA pork as the first ingredient, and wow, does Teddy love them. And I do too, because they're easy to tear into small pieces for training. If you're looking to up your treat game, get blue sizzlers wherever you buy pet treats. And don't forget to download the Buddies app to earn points on your purchases. BJ, welcome to Life with Pets. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to, to get into it. And of course, you know, I'm a big fan of Blue Buffalo and all that they provide our pets and, and their whole Buddies program. BJ, thank you so much. Um, that was such a, an amazing story. And I do want to kind of just unpack a little bit about how this concept evolved with what you're doing now. It came up with this idea that there's more to dogs than what we were doing and, yeah. and helping. So many vets did. And I gave this great speech on Nantucket about how we need to be looking for other ways to engage with the military veteran if we truly want to help them overcome these obstacles that we all recognize. And in that audience was Bill and Jackie Bishop. You know, Bill is the founder of Blue Buffalo. And he agreed with what I was saying. He served in the Marine Corps in the 60s as well in the reserves. And he wanted me to take those ideas and, and put them to practice. And he says, I got the world's number one dog brand and I want to back you doing it. And at first I thought he meant for me to go find a program. And I gave him these list of programs. He's like, no, I think you should do it. And the whole island of Nantucket was behind, behind me as well. I was there helping out with a smaller nonprofit called Holidays for Heroes and helping to bring injured vets and their families to Nantucket for a special vacation, which was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And then everybody understood that what we needed to do was help figure out a better way to reduce these waiting lists and stuff for service dogs. And so we got started in 2017. I wrote the first program. And in 2017, I had a an EIN number and a business plan and a board and a 501c3 status. And and we got to it. And we really focused on the medical assistance service dogs and trying to find better ways for veterans to access that help. What I ended up learning in the next couple of years was that's only about two, two and a half percent of the total population needs that level of, of care from a dog. The other 98 percent can really benefit from just a couple of steps down in training. And, and it can include so many other dogs besides just these purebreds and, and dogs that can assess out at a certain level in order to perform under the ADA service dog guideline. So let's back up for a second and just tell me, give us a, an overview. What is Sierra Delta? What was it intended to be and what is it now? You got it. So it started out as service dogs for heroes. Yeah. It was a program under Holidays for Heroes, mm -hmm. this Nantucket-based organization. And it caught on. You know, we were trying to make it easier for veterans to access service dogs and thanks of their service. The problem was that the capacity, I mean, even at a purebred dogs, at some of the, these great service dog providers that they have lineages that go all the way back and, you know, 40% of those dogs would wash out from service mm -hmm. dog training. It is that hard. You know, if you look at just random dogs that you can pick out, about 60 of 60 percent of them would wash out, 70 percent. And when I started out, I just I didn't realize how many other service dogs for this or heroes and dogs mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And I was like, I really just want to talk to the veterans. And I was like, what we always did in the military world was utilize the NATO alphabet. 
So <laughs> Sierra is for S and Delta is for dog, right? So it was service dogs for veterans is what we changed into. But still, that was confusing because the majority of people that we were helping just needed help with basic training. They wanted more of what is labeled as an emotional support animal, which is right. technically what a PTSD service dog is, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic animal. But at the end of the day, that's simply just the canine good citizen test Yep. and trained to certain cues in order to help reduce your stress and anxiety, which dogs in general do that for all people. It's one of the, the scientific reports that I don't think we argue anymore, that dogs and people are good for each other. Yes. <laughs> In 2018, I was diagnosed with uh, stage two lymphoma. Predominant non-Hodgkin's lymphocyte is a rare case of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, I was going through chemo and radiation. And it was during that time frame, right before my diagnosis, Dozer died. Wow. Living to be 13 years old. And I was glad, I mean, not that my dog died. But I'm glad that he didn't have to go through the cancer process with me because at that age frame, it was really hard for him to walk. He was an old bulldog. Yep. But obviously losing a dog, even if it is, you know, a good life, is one of the hardest things to go through in life, especially one that meant as much to me as Dozer did. Yeah. But it gave me time to reflect while I was in chemo and kind of locked away from the rest of the world because my blood counts being so low. Mm-hmm. It was quarantine before there's quarantine, right? I was able to reflect on, we don't need a service dog. Like we don't need these $50,000, $60,000 dogs. Like mm-hmm. that's like trying to give everybody a Lamborghini in order to get to work when you really just need an F-150 or a Corolla. Right. And so I came out of chemo and radiation with the idea for the Life Buddy program under Sierra Delta, which was basically going to say, let's meet the veterans where they are. It's the, it's the basis of social work. It's what mm-hmm. you're taught as a social worker is meet the people where they are and work from there. And what it was going to be is if a well-trained pet was going to help you get better and feel better about your life, or if a advanced trained dog was going to help you get better, or if you actually needed that medical assistance, public access, ADA qualified service dog, we were going to run the full gamut. And I said, we're going to make it open to all veterans. Like, it's not just that you're injured. It's not just that you saw combat. It's that you actually raised your right hand, made the oath to the country, did your time, and this is a true thank you for your service program. It's not needs-based. It's not disability-based, right? It's based on the fact that what the veterans that I've worked with, and I've worked with over 20,000 in my career so far, most of us miss being on a team, yeah, having a mission, right? I can't give you another person. I can't give you a mission of the caliber that we ran in the military. In this country, we kill over 800,000 adoptable, trainable, healthy dogs. We can help those beings. And then what we can do is work with local trainers to have these dogs trained with us and us being a part of the training in order to have them trained to our specific needs and lifestyle. So how does it work, I guess? So uh, somebody comes to you, says, I want a dog, and then you work with local partners where that person is and then match everybody up? Exactly. So essentially, that's what it is. So we have IDMe integrated into our website. So we can Mm -hmm. verify everybody's service in 30 seconds. The second thing is, is that 
68% of the veterans we've worked with over 2000 since 2017, 68% of them already had a dog in the house. Mm-hmm. So why are we adding another dog to the mix? Let's start with what they need. And so it's been an iteration and we're right in the middle of a pivot of a new iteration because we did have everything for the past three years on an app. Right now, we're doing more education up front, giving the veterans the options of what's out there, having them fill out a questionnaire, and then working with them with what's in their area, what dog they do have, what is their goal, right? And letting it be a a little bit more of the veteran driving what it is they want out of their dog in their mind's eye. And what are some of the goals that you've heard? How has it shaken out in some of these cases? Most of the time, the veterans just want a dog that listens to them or they maybe they want to go hiking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a veteran that lost his arm that is training to be on, uh, on the 2024 Paralympic uh, triathlete team. And he needed mm-hmm. a dog that could run with them, bike next to him all those type of things. Um, There are people that need a legitimate medical assistance service dog, right? For various different reasons. And what we do is we make sure that we understand what their needs slash wants are. So oftentimes with the medical assistance service dogs, we can help guide them to the right organization. There's over Mm -hmm. 120 accredited ADI, which is uh, Assistance Dog International, And so they have specific programs. Many of those have a longer waiting list or either they can only produce about two to three a year, you know, in most cases, like 50 to 80 at tops. So it becomes a capacity issue. We've been able to work with working dog trainers who normally stay out of the service dog realm because of how emotional everybody can get around a service dog issue. Yeah. With our approach, we're able to encompass a lot of these training organizations that have access to really good dogs and really good trainers that can provide that same type of training. And so we're able to create new avenues. What kind of investment is needed, both a time investment, a money investment, Mm -hmm. a commitment investment to creating this great relationship between a person and their dog? How does that all come together? So it all comes down to what your specific needs and goals are. But essentially, Mm -hmm. if you want a well-trained dog in your life, it's 10 to 15 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. If you literally start out your day before you even play with your dog, you make them do some work and you have a treat. I mean, never forget the the power of positive reinforcement, right? Yep. It's what we can get from social media. The technology that we have can give us that immediate satisfaction, that immediate validation, right? Right. So literally having your dog walk on a heel, mm-hmm. do better on the leash. Like people are like, I can't get my dog to stop pulling on the leash because you haven't told them to stop pulling on the leash. Right. You know? So it takes time. You can't just tell them. It's, it's like kids even. You can't just tell your kids. Like you have to figure out the way to communicate with them. So my dog now is Loki. He's a German Shepherd Collie mix from a shelter. Uh, somebody up north in Wisconsin was trying to raise German Shepherds to sell. And Loki has this beautiful white collar and doesn't look like a typical German Shepherd. So they were just going to let him starve in a cage. And someone stole him away from this place and turned him into the shelter. He was 40 pounds underweight when I got him, but he just spoke to me. He was a ball of anxiety and I was willing to take him on, right? I was ready to get back in the game and do it. We had this great program. I had access to some of the great trainers. But in the beginning, he wasn't food motivated, which didn't make sense to me because 
aren't you hungry? <laughs> but he wasn't. And, and I mean, we figured it out. It was the attention stuff. And, and again, it was just security. His main concern was security. And so it took a lot longer. And he's not all the way perfect by any means. But, you know, I sent you some pictures of him being at the, the Bush Stadium at St. Uh, the Cardinals underneath yep. the arch on the beach. And he does great. Right. Um, but and I laugh because I say I'm more this dog service human than he's my service <laughs> dog because he freaks out if I'm not there. But, you know, what makes me feel good is that when I do travel and I have to travel a lot is that he's with my family. Yeah. And that's a lot of veterans. And if you want a dog to go everywhere with you, if you want that ADA service dog that goes every single place with you, that, that creates a lot more planning, that, that there's a lot more you have to do. It's not just everybody else in the world has to get out your way because you have a service dog. You have to think on behalf of that dog of, yes, they can go to place for like three hours and you won't even know they're in the room, but they're going to have to go out eventually and they're going to have to be able to let loose. Like it's amazing to watch these dogs when they have their vests on, they know they're working mm-hmm. and they don't even act like a typical dog, which is probably what's so attractive why everybody wants one. Right. <laughs> but when you take that vest off, they just become puppy power. Right. And they just go. So essentially the, the training can last anywhere from six weeks to 16 weeks. A lot of times these guide dogs, the medical assistance service dogs are actually in training for about 18 months before they're Mm -hmm. paired with the person that needs. But again, there's a bunch of different other ways and it comes down to your trainer. It comes down to your specific needs and lifestyle. And it comes down to the dog's ability and, and where their tests fall out. I mean, it's nothing more than a personality test. Like Loki does not have the personality to be a service dog whatsoever. And I don't want him to be, you know what I mean? Definitely. But I can feel good about the fact that because he's a big, scary German shepherd with an anxiety disorder, that if I didn't come adopt him, he would have been killed. And I feel better that that non-perfect dog is living with me, this non-perfect human, and we're figuring it out together. And And we're doing it our way and we're following the laws that need to be followed. Have you heard about the true blue effect? It's pretty cool. And I've seen my dog Teddy thrive because of it. What I'm talking about are the seven benefits your dog could experience from the key ingredients in blue life protection formula. We're talking about healthy muscle development, immune system health, skin and coat health, healthy digestion, joint health, strong bones. And the one I see most of all in Teddy is vibrant energy for an active life. All of this is thanks to the quality ingredients in Blue Life Protection Formula. Try it now. You mentioned something before that I wanted to touch on here. You said you're Loki's emotional support human. And I think that's important because it's not a one relationship where this dog is just helping you. You were giving something to this animal too. And I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that, how how the animals benefit from doing this work. It's not just the humans. They're not robots. Right. Right. They're not humans either. But if I look at the animal spectrum and they get us better than any other animal out there. There's even some people that are in Sierra Delta that have cats. And it's fine. Like we welcome, like you can be a part of this community. I don't know how you train a cat because cats really don't care. (laughs) We've had episodes. I've asked the question to experts. Can you train a cat? Yes, you can. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work, right? (laughs) So 
in the military as well, when you sign up, you don't get to pick what unit. You don't get to pick the people that you're going to serve with and all that other stuff. So that's another component when you think when you're out now, you have nothing but choice. Nothing but choice. You can choose who you work with. You can choose where you live. You can choose where you hang out. So that is another, I think, for the, for the military veteran, being able to find that dog that speaks to you and then to have an organization like Sierra Delta is like, yeah, come in here. We'll help get you some resources, both videos and, and classes you can take, training grants too, because everybody thinks like, I just need a training grant. Well, you know, that first, that first run of training might not work. Mm -hmm. Right, and we need to figure out why. Is it something that you're not doing? Is it something that the dog can't do? There's a bunch of other things that there's no easy button. Right. I've toured the country. I've toured a bunch of these service dog facilities, which are doing great. But I've also toured a lot of shelters. Right, and you see these dogs, and you see what it could be. You know, and it's dangerous. If I go into a shelter, like I, you know, it's a good thing that most of the time I have to get on an airplane because I can't. (laughs) can't take them all with you. There is a unspoken magic. And I do honestly believe in a lot of the service dog academies and a lot of the shelters, these people that work with these dogs every day will tell you the same thing. These dogs pick you as much as you pick that dog. Definitely. And it is important to understand because it it helps to minimize sometimes the self-importance that we get wrapped up in, especially in, in the culture that we have now. It's never been more me, 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 me. Yep. But if you want that special relationship with a dog and you want a dog that listens to you, they're no different than any other being. What are they getting in return, right? What are they getting out of the deal? And that's what's really important. You said it. this is a two-way relationship and it's just like any other communication. And that's One of the things that I've really been struck with is how many of these veterans were struggling in relationships and work and school and through these programs, whether it was a full-fledged medical assistance service dog or just a, a, a dog they got out of the shelter and got some basic training on, they've all become better parents, you know, better coworkers, better friends. And, and it's because of that, the dog has no judgment. You know, I heard a six-year-old girl explain why dogs don't live as long as humans. She said that dogs come into this world knowing how to love, and humans take a lot longer to figure out. And I think she's spot on. I think she nailed it. And I think that's the perfect way to kind of like wrap up this discussion, but move on to what is next for Sierra Delta? What is, uh, how can people get involved with the partnership, with Walmart? What can they do there? How can they get involved with Sierra Delta generally? Tell us more about it. So right now we're pivoting to open up our services to civilians as well. We really want to build that bridge between the veteran community and and the civilian community. I mean, veterans are shrinking, right? There's 18, just over 18 million of us alive, 12 million of those Veterans are 55 and older with 4 million of that 12 million being 75 and older, you know? And so and at any given time, there's only 2 million people on, on active and reserve duty. So, and that's a good thing because hopefully we're moving away from going to wars and having to need professional warriors. But at the same time, we have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. The men and women that did serve our military, we gave a blank check to this country And we did everything that this country asked. And so 
it's important that we understand that we're not trying to fix veterans. We're not trying to save veterans. We're really trying to find a way for our country and our communities with inside that to come together. And I haven't found another thing that we all agree on like we do that the power of dogs and our love of dogs is no matter who you are, you love dogs. So you can get involved by going to Sierra Delta and joining. And then you can also get into what we're doing for service projects, because that's the other thing. Sierra Delta stands for service and dogs. And we're a wellness platform focusing on attaining wellness through the love of dogs and service to others. Amazing. You can also help by buying Blue Buffalo. They have been a sponsor of ours from the very beginning, and they have not relinquished, which I am, am so grateful for. And right now in Walmart, you can go find the Sierra Delta display. You can see the veterans that are on there and their dogs. Buy a bag of dog food and $1 is donated to Sierra Delta. You know, and that just helps us put more money in the training grant. And follow us on the social media. I mean, I forget about how much that plays into our world today, right? Tag it, hashtag Sierra Delta Dogs, hashtag Sierra Delta Community, at Sierra Delta. I mean, we're the only Sierra Delta out there that I know <laughs> of. You know, I'm like BJ Ganim, but there's not that many other BJ Ganims. You can find us pretty easily, probably. Exactly. <laughs> Get out there and, and bring your ideas and join. Like, we're not going to be able to do it for you. We're about six employees, right? And we're really trying to make the majority of the dollars that we get go into the training grants and go into ensuring that we have good wraparound service. And that's what we're really providing our partner providers that are out there doing great work with service dogs. You know, those men and women that already have a service dog join Sierra Delta, you know, get involved with other veterans that are looking for ways. Maybe they, they don't have time to have a dog in their life, but you can bring your dog to an event and, and they can share in it in that moment. And, and you can do service projects together. I mean, there's so many other ways we can connect and really make this work for the betterment of our country, of our communities, and for these dogs that play such a huge role in our life. Perfect. All right, BJ, I have one more question for you. The most important question of the whole interview, and it is this. If you could be any animal in the world, what would you be? What would your first or favorite activity be? Man, it's so funny right now because my youngest son, Rhodes, he's seven years old, super into like dinosaurs and just the wild crats, hmm. if you watch that show. And I really love it. And they've shown me so many different animals. <laughs> and, and we just watched uh, last night the one about a peregrine falcon that can dive like 200 miles an hour and see all wow. this stuff, right? And, and he's been on this bird kick because they're related to dinosaurs. Yes, and so literally I've, I've had my mind blown with just what eagles can do and falcons. And it's like, it's like, if I could be anything, I'd almost want to be one of those, you know, but at the end of the day, when I look at, um, we have another English bulldog in our house and it's, it's my wife's dog. Her name is Kenora and she's a true English bulldog and she's 13 right now too. Mm -hmm. And I look at her life where she literally just lays around and everybody does everything for her. <laughs> she's like the queen. Sounds a lot like my dog. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I might want to be one of those. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, I would be a dog. What they can bring to people, the magic that is encapsulated in their souls, whether you see them running wild in the streets, like in Iraq, there were so many wild dogs. But even still, there was something special about those dogs. And, and, and I would be. And I would want to be that dog that, um, that had somebody like me, right? Because one of my favorite things for me and Loki to do is just go out in the woods 
and just wander, you know, and just really take it all in and and just kind of seeing he has this his tongue kind of hangs out the side. He's got these big ears and he looks back at me like, isn't this the greatest thing ever? And I'm like, yeah, you're right, buddy. It's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Love it. You've been listening to Life with Pets, the show that combines real pet stories with proven guidance from pet professionals. I'm your host, Hillary Georgie, and I hope this show has been a great resource for you as a pet parent. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to download the Buddies app. This episode was produced by the team at mission.org.